This podcast is brought to you by Cohen Tire. This is the Observer Reporter High School Football Podcast. Get ready for not one, but two showdowns this weekend. Welcome to the Observer Reporter's High School Football Preview Show. I am sports editor Chris Dugan. With me is colleague Luke Campbell. We're going to preview this week's high school football schedule. And there are two huge games, Luke. Both games, first place is on the line. We've got in Class A, Carmichael's will be at undefeated California in the Tri-County South Conference in Class AA. Big showdown, two unbeaten teams in the Century Conference. A share of first place at least is on the line when Burgettstown goes to best center. We'll actually hear from best center coach Joe Coons a little bit later in the show, but let's start in Class A, Luke. Carmichael's goes to California. Carmichael's is 4-0 in the conference, as is California. Carmichael's 4-1 overall. California 6-0. The winner has sole possession of first place in the Tri-County South Conference. And I, I don't think it's any secret what the key to this game is going to be. Carmichael's is going to have to stop California's running game. They're going to gonna have to. I mean, 395 yards a game this year is what California's piling up between all their host of running backs that they use. I mean, from Jonathan Wood, Jelani Stafford. They they use a, a bunch of different guys, Ryan or Cochise Ryan, excuse me. Um, so so they everybody gets into the act for California. It's how how is head coach Darren Dillo going to use them, and how is um, Carmichael's going to be able to stop them? Because nobody has this year. So no, far. nobody has California. Averages ten and a half yards per rushing attempt, ten and a half yards per carry. That's out of the uh, triple option spread option attack. Jelani Stafford, he's a 260-pound fullback. He's like Dr- the Jerome Bettis of high school football. <laughs> He had 226 yards and two touchdowns last week when California won at Manesson 53 to nothing. Uh, an interesting stat with Stafford, 19% of his carries this year, 19% of them have gone for touchdowns. Wow. And uh, California hasn't had to throw the ball a lot this year, but when they have Colin Phillips, he has only seven completions all year, but five have gone for touchdowns. So. When they do throw it, it's usually the element of surprise that works in California's favor. California is, averages 59.8 points per game. Now, if Carmichael's is going to win that game, they're going to have to uh, stop the running game, hold California's, what, 30, 20 points maybe? Yeah, you'd think. Now, Carmichael's played last week, defeated Mapletown, but was trailing 8 to nothing late into the second quarter in that game, ended up winning, I think it was 31 to 8 they actually did a really nice job against uh, Dylan Rush, the running back at Mapletown, who has over 5,000 career yards. They held Rush to 113 yards on 26 carries. Now, two of those carries were 52 yards and 31 yards, so most of the damage was done on two rushing attempts. Yeah. So they played good run defense with the exception of two plays against Mapletown. Well, they're a defense that is, has been susceptible about giving up uh, a good good yardage this year on the ground. I mean, West Green had 234 yards rushing against them. Olsh, who, who defeated them, had 180 yards rushing against them. So, so they're susceptible to giving up some big gains on the ground, but the biggest problem they had against Olsh was third down conversion. Carmichael's went 1 of 12 in their third down convergence against Ocean. That's not going to win you many games. Yeah, the, the best way to stop a rushing attack like California's is to control the ball, Hold on to the put ball, together yeah. long scoring drives. 
Now, Carmichael is one thing they do have going for them. They, Like I said, they played well defensively against the run last week against Mapleton. They also have the size on the offensive and defensive lines. They have the size to uh, match up with Stafford. So maybe California might be doing a lot, trying to do a lot more damage on the perimeter with their option attack. Uh, interesting note about this game, Carmichael's has won nine straight road games in the Tri-County South. So they've done some of their best work away from Carmichael's. Uh, both teams, we should point out, both Carmichael's and California clinched playoff bursts last week. They're two of the three local teams that have clinched playoff bursts. Now the the other team, it's Burgettstown in double-A. Uh, uh, enters the game at best center, 4-0 in the conference, 5-0 overall. Best center is 3-0. That's why the Bulldogs have not clinched a playoff berth. They're a half game behind Burgettstown. But the Bulldogs are 6-0 overall. And not, not very often do you find two undefeated teams from Washington County playing one another in October. And it's a huge game for, for that reason alone. I mean, these teams haven't seen the competition that they're going to see Friday night at all this year. Yeah, it's a, it's a big step up. If you look at the record of the opponents, uh, Bergenstown's opponents have a 5-24 and 24 record. Best center's opponents are 6-30. and 30. Now, some of that is... They've played the same teams, beaten beaten those teams. So the other teams, right off the bat, they're 0-2. Yeah, and and I think the biggest thing Friday night uh, for this game could could be who holds on to the ball better, because Burgettstown defense, as we've seen throughout this year, they take advantage. They score more than their defense scores more than the opponents that they're playing against. Yeah. Um, their their offenses. So I mean, if Beth Center could hold on to the ball, not give them short fields to work with, make it difficult for Burgettstown, that's going to go a long way, um, and and really you know deciding this ball. Game. This is sort of the irresistible force against the immovable object. <laughs> uh, Best Center enters with three straight games of at least 50 points on offense. Now, Burgettstown has allowed a WPIAL low of nine points. Nine points in five games. Blue Devils have outscored their opponents 226 to 9 on the season, and they've done most of that damage in the first half. They've outscored their opponents 186 to 3 in the first half. They've allowed only one touchdown all year. That was the second half of the uh, game at Frazier early in September. Now, best center, they have a really good ground game. Dom Fundy is the, the key at tailback. You would expect the tailback at best center to be the key player. Uh, the Bulldogs averaged 334 yards a game on the ground, uh, 450 yards total offense. That's a pretty good total. And one of the reasons is Bailey Lankowski has given them a passing game. And you mentioned all those numbers. They're incredibly impressive. But we got to realize that these starters are a lot of the times out by halftime. Yeah. So they're halftime stats, basically. <laughs> so, so it's crazy to see all these numbers that, you know, a lot of the time, midway through the third quarter, none of these kids are playing anymore because the, the margin of victory from whoever they've played has been at least 40, 50 points throughout the, the entire season thus far. Yeah, I think both teams have led games this year at halftime. But... With, by 50 points. Uh, Bailey Linkowski, we mentioned him, he's the quarterback at best center. He was 8 of 9 for 131 yards and two touchdowns last week against Chartier's Houston. Nine of his 44 completions have gone for touchdowns, and when you combine that with uh, Dom Fundy, we mentioned him, he has 850 rushing yards and averages 8.5 yards a carry. That's a pretty potent offense. And the one thing we saw from, from Beth Center, this was two weeks ago, it was 
it was probably telling to Burgettstown because Bentworth had a lot of success throwing the ball against Beth Center. Um, it was something that you know they probably haven't seen a lot this year. They saw a lot of running offenses early on, but but Bentworth really really had some success throwing the ball. Um, racked up over 220 yards uh, passing. So we'll see if uh, Burgettstown quarterback Ryan Lander can take advantage of that, uh, maybe find some of his receivers open. And he's had a great season transitioning from wide receiver to quarterback uh, this past year. should mention that a lot of that success that Bentworth had passing the ball against Best Center came after the game was really well in hand yeah. for Best Center. That was a lot of, uh, as people would like to say, garbage time. Give me yards. Yeah, yeah. Give me yards. <laughs> now, Best Center is for years has been a very good football program, actually for decades. And their players are sort of used to playing in these big games. And for Birdstown, this is probably the biggest game they've had since the 1990s. Maybe maybe you can go back to 1986, 87, 88 in that era. And um, we talked to Best Center coach Joe Coons about big games, and he brought up one in particular against Best Center. Or excuse me, against Burgettstown. Let's hear what he had to say about his team in the upcoming game against Burgettstown. Okay, we're here with Best Center football coach Joe Coons, and Joe, you have a big game this weekend against undefeated uh, Burgettstown. Best Center is undefeated. It's really a, been rare when you think about it. How many times two undefeated teams from Washington County have met post September? So this is a really rare game, Best Center and Burgettstown. Joe, what has gone right this year? The best center is undefeated. Uh, well, we're, we've been playing really well up front. We're, our uh, our line's been, you know, on point for the most part. Uh, you know, they're kind of making me look like a genius. So, <laughs> you know, I could close my eyes and point to a play, and it, it seems like it's going to work. And it's all because of, of the way we're taking care of business up front. Now, I was watching some video earlier today of Best Center's offense, and one of the things that struck me is this is not your father's Best Center offense. It used to be for, for decades here. It would be three running backs and the quarterback alternating carries, power football, uh, sometimes full house backfield. This year, Joe, it's a true spread offense. You've spread it around. You've thrown the ball more than Best Center teams have in the past. Why did you choose to go this route? Well, uh it's it's the players. I mean, when you have five or six good athletes, you know it's hard to stuff them all into a, to a power eye. So you know we we try to get as much space as we can and and use as many different players as we can. And you know the the knock on you know I played in that best center offense you're talking <laughs> about, and the knock was we always lost a big game because we couldn't throw. So you know our approach is let's throw even when we don't have to throw. You know, so we're comfortable when we need to. Yeah, well, your quarterback, Bailey Lankowski, if you look at the number of touchdown passes to pass completions, it's a great ratio. He's done a very nice job for you. Right. He, he's extremely accurate, and he makes he makes great decisions with the ball. You know, uh, he was a nice surprise for us because we didn't know where we were going with quarterback this summer. Um, it might have, you know, we thought at the time it was going to be fundy, and, and and Bailey just, you know, in seven-on-sevens and all through camp, he really showed that, you know, that's what spot he's supposed to be in. You mentioned not knowing where to go. How good is it, though, to have Dominic Fundy in the backfield? It's a, it's a constant back there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a security blanket for sure. But, you know, uh, the other one that nobody talks about is Trevor Anderson. You know, he, he doesn't get the ball as much as, as Dom handed to him. You know, we throw it to him quite a bit. But, you know, he's shown some ability to, to get us some chunk yardage too. 
Now this week you have quite quite the challenge. Burgettstown comes in here having allowed one touchdown all season, three points in the first half of all their games this year. How are you going to uh, be able to get some offense going against Burgettstown? Uh, that's that's a good question. <laughs> I mean they're they're big, they're physical, they're aggressive, they tackle well, they're very well coached. Can't get them out of position. Um, it's just going to have to be patience. It's going to have to be maybe catching them in one of those pressures at the right time, you know, not turning the ball over and just, you know, keep grinding at it and, you know, see. You know, this game may end up 7 nothing. Who knows? An old school best center game, 7 nothing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, is, is there a, more of a buzz about this game than some other games this year? Oh, with with Burgettstown yeah. being without undefeated. A doubt. I mean, without a doubt. It's, it's kind of funny because people mention it to me because I graduated in 87. And my senior year, we played Burgettstown down here, both undefeated. Yeah. And we tied. We tied <laughs> well, that won't so, happen this so time. There wasn't really a solution to it. But, you know, I get that a lot. Wow, that's kind of a coincidence that you were on that team. This is the first time since then that, that it's happened. But, you know, the community is great. You know, They've really been behind me, and uh, even last year when things weren't going as good, you know, they they welcomed me back, and it's it's starting to it's starting to blow up a little bit around here. Scoring's been easy for you guys, fifty points at least fifty points in the last three games. Tell me a little bit about you know, that's most likely not going to happen this time. You guys both have good defenses, so how do you continue to encourage your players as the second and third quarters come around, where you know the success of you know fifty point games only comes around so much but how do you kind of keep their heads within them that you know we got this on offense and even though there might be some struggles Friday night right well well, we talk about there's always holes in the defense it you know it sometimes it takes longer to find them than others you know and we do a lot of reading you know so Bailey's gonna have to make the right reads uh, and we're just gonna have to keep you know keep adjusting and figuring out you know what exactly they're trying to do where are the holes it may take four quarters who knows but you know somewhere in every defense there's a wrinkle that that we can take advantage of john i wanted to ask you too you've been the head coach at waynesburg high school at california you've been an assistant at the college level at waynesburg university how does that help you going back to being a high school coach well, the the time I spent at Waynesburg University is just, you know, it it taught me that I really didn't know much the first two <laughs> times I was a head coach. You know, it, you know, Shepis, Rick Shepis, the head coach there at the time was, you know, he was just phenomenal. He he really taught me how to better handle athletes more than anything. You know, I was always kind of old school about it. You know, and he he kind of made you treat them more like human beings than than I was used to in the, in the past. You know, and then I got to work with Scotty Beanick who. You know, defensively, he's, you know, yeah, not short was the of a former genius. head coach at Ringgold. Right, right. Okay, Joe. Uh, by the way, when you played best or uh, Burgettstown the last time when you were a player and you mm-hmm. were both undefeated, where was that game at? Fredericktown. And that's where they're going to be Friday night. It's Burgettstown at Best Center, a battle of unbeatens. Thanks, Joe. Thank you. Thank you very much, Joe. All right, Luke, there's some other big games. This is really a weekend that we said uh, weeks ago. Circle the first weekend in October. Good group of games. Probably the best on the schedule so far. We mentioned two of them. Another big game is in Class 4A in the Big Nine Conference. Trinity is at undefeated uh, Bell Vernon. 
The Hillers come into this game on a roll. They're two and two, th- three and two overall, but they've won three in a row and they've done it in an impressive fashion. And there are a lot of people think Trinity can, can win at Bell Vernon, someplace they haven't won in a long, long time. And what they've been able to do these last three weeks is beat the teams they should have beaten. Uh, they've beaten the teams that they were expected to beat at the beginning of the year. They won at Hiller Field, uh, which is the first time they've won at Hiller Field. They didn't win at all last year um, at Hiller Field. So I guess maybe the new turf and new lights might have done something for them. Um, but, the, but the biggest thing is now they're, they're in that last playoff spot in the Big Nine Conference. So, so that spot's theirs to have. Yeah, the, the last couple spots in, out of that conference, four teams go the playoffs from that conference they won't be decided until the last week of the season trinity might be one of those teams now bell vernon and there's an interesting quote i saw from matt humbert the head coach of bell vernon bell vernon has sort of made things difficult for themselves um, in, in recent games they were trailing laurel highlands for a while last week they've trailed ringle they've battled back and won those games and remained undefeated but the quote from Matt Humbert after the Laurel Highlands win last week was, I'm the most discontent 5-0 and coach in the WPIAL. I think he's a little upset with his offense. Matt is an offensive uh, guy. His defense is pretty good. They've only given up 36 points, but they're going to get a real test from Trinity this week. With Joey Caroli at running back, Dylan Kern at quarterback, Caroli's broken multiple records here over the last two weeks, uh, including the individual um, career rushing record at Trinity High School. Um, but Bell Vernon, there's, there's reason for Humber to be upset. Uh, they, they haven't played anybody. They, 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 they really haven't been tested this year um, too much, and, and it really comes down to the, the top three teams in the conference that are joining them um, in the playoffs right now, West Mifflin, uh, Thomas Jefferson and Trinity, they still have those three left on their schedule. So, so we really don't know, even though they've put up some pretty impressive numbers thus far, um, especially on defense like you mentioned, we don't know who the real Bell Vernon is. And I think this is going to be a real uh, telltale game as to you know who Bell, Bell Vernon is, and, and not only Bell Vernon but Trinity as well, because their, their opponents the last three weeks haven't really been up to par. So this, is, this, is gonna, this game's going to tell a lot in the Big Nine Conference. There's, there's some other games that you have circled this week, uh... Let's talk about uh, one, another one in 4A. South Fayette plays at Newcastle. Now, those teams are meeting for the third time in less than a year. If, you, if, you, if we mention the games that were circled for us um, on the schedule, as we mentioned, the uh, Week 6 games, October 6th here coming up this Friday, Bel- uh, South Fayette will have this circled, highlighted, underlined, and every known paper of their schedule in their locker room joe rossi will know this is the this is the game against newcastle because newcastle knocked them out last year in the first round 51 to 43 south fayette had beaten newcastle in conference play in the regular season and south fayette was one of the teams that earned a home playoff game they were one of the top seeds and and really newcastle's been on a roll of late they lost the first two games of the year to aliquippa and montour but they won the last four um, that was and it, against. It's, it's never easy to win at Newcastle either. It, it's never though. To, South Fayette did in the, in the past. Ringgold last year also won at Newcastle. It's never easy to win at Newcastle. But even their last four wins, they only beat Highlands by one point. They only beat Mars by two points. So they know how to win close games. Whether it's going to be a close game Friday night, I guess that's still to be determined. Yeah, there's another interesting game, Peters Township. Indians moving closer to the playoffs in 6A. They step out of conference this week, and it's a step up in competition. Peters Township will be playing at Pine Richland. Peters comes in 5-1. Pine Richland is 6-0, ranked number two in the state in 6A. 
They have an all-everything quarterback, Phil Jerkovic. He's a Notre Dame recruit. They have a running back last week who ran, Jordan Crawford, he ran for seven touchdowns in the first half of a win over a good Central Catholic team. Pine Richland won that game 47-17. So this, it, it's a pretty steep climb for Peters Township in terms of stepping up in class. And this is quite a measuring stick for them. And I guess the best way to have a measuring stick game is it to be non-conference. So if Peters Township does lose this game, uh, or it, whatever it, the situation is, I mean, it's not, not going to hurt their playoff playoff hopes. Yeah, uh, but if Peters could pull the upset, it give them their first winning season in seven years. And let's not forget, Peters Township beat them last year. Yes, I was just going to ask you, who was the last team outside of Pine Richland's conference schedule to beat beat the Rams? It, it was Peters Township last year at Peters Township. They won 32-27. Now, Phil Jerkovic was injured, did not play in that game. That is, that is a big difference. But this Peters Township, we've seen it, and we, we talked all, all offseason and preseason about quarterback Jake Cortez, but it's been the defense, yeah, too. Yeah, probably I mean, the most most underrated unit mm-hmm. this season has been the probably the Peters Township defense. Another game uh, of importance this week, we have Bentworth is playing at Washington. Washington is part of that undefeated trio atop the Century Conference, along with Burgettstown and Best Center. Uh, the Prexies 5-0 and overall, 3-0 and in a conference. They'll be hosting Bentworth 2-3, and 2-4. and Bentworth's trying to get at least a fourth-place finish in the conference. That way you kind of avoid playing another conference champion in the playoffs. So it's a big game for Bentworth. Washington's won 34 consecutive conference games. I, I have a feeling they're going to make it 35. They will probably make it 35. Even though Bentworth has been able to show it, it's been able to throw against opponents. That Washington defense is just probably too athletic, and their defensive line especially. I mean, they're going to have to get rid of the ball real quick before that, that big defensive line uh, gets back there for the Prexies. One other thing we wanted to mention, Mapletown running back Dylan Rush last week had 131 on the ground. Uh, against Carmichael's. He moved into the top 10 in the WPIAL's all-time rushing list. He has 5,554 yards. That's fourth locally. Um, Jason Bohr, McGuffey, who played in the early 90s, had 5,749. He's the next guy on the list for Dylan Rush. Mapletown this week will be playing at Jefferson Morgan. When you look at the Tri-County South standings, this might be for a playoff spot, this game. And and this is probably one of the most enticing games of the and, and of our entire pick'em segment, yeah. this might be the hardest one on the list because, I mean, we've seen Jefferson Morgan, I mean, after a winless season last year, really come to life and, and really have some life uh, with Jake, Jacob Broadwater at quarterback, and and then Dylan Rush, he's been a one-man show at Mapletown for how many years now? So, uh, it, it'll be an interesting to see how this one plays out, and, and like you mentioned, it could be a be a really uh, telltale game as to who does and doesn't make the playoffs in the Tri County South. Okay, well, next week we'll find out who wins all these big games. So until then, enjoy the games.